Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today's big idea is business planning for a recession, four critical steps for CEOs. My guest is Glenn Gao. Glenn was a CEO for 25 years. Now he's a CEO coach. He's going to make you more successful, but it's not only about being successful, it's about being happy while achieving success. If you want both, listen to this podcast. We discuss how to create an action plan to survive a recession, how to become a great communicator for the people that work with you, what to do when you face a layoff situation, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for being here, Glenn. I appreciate you making the time. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to our conversation. And I'd love to dive right in and continue a conversation that we started on our last call. You talked about business planning for a recession, four critical steps for CEOs. We're going to discuss those, of course, but what, how did you discover those four critical steps? What's the story there? Well, Mark, I guess I'm fortunate to have lived through several downturns in the past, and uh, I survived those. And I discovered that uh, there are trends in the business world and there are good, that specifically means there are, there are great times and there are times where things are going down. But we all can thrive and survive regardless of the direction of the external market. And it's a question of mindset about how do we operate when we know customers are buying more slowly or they're, they're, they're canceling orders or you may even have a, a more difficult time finding those new customers. So every company can find the pathway to success irrespective of what's happening out there. It's all around the mindset that I was able to apply when I was a CEO and what I've coached other CEOs through in the past. So that's where I get it from my own personal experience and watching other CEOs. And with your story, as far as what you do, and we'll talk about that also, what made you do what you do? You could have gone in so many different directions and done so many different things instead of just niching down and working with CEOs. Why? Well, I was fortunate enough after I sold my company to be recruited into venture capital. And in venture capital, you get an opportunity to work with a lot of startup companies. And I was asked to coach the CEOs of our portfolio companies. And I, I started getting really good feedback from the CEOs. They were getting value out of our experience. And I thought back to why is that? Why, do, why does this feel right to me? And, and when you look back at my history, I was a CEO for 25 years. I had a coach for 17 years, Mark. That's amazing, wow. right? It was a transformational experience. And I realized that even though at that time, my coach was focused on me as the CEO and helping me become a better CEO, I was also learning how to coach. Never occurred to me while I was a CEO, I was being taught how to coach, and yet I was. And so now I take the combination of my experience running a company and my experience being coach for 17 years, and I can combine those. And, and I've discovered this is my passion, helping other CEOs grow and succeed, even as we're gonna talk about today in a downturn. Well, let's get into that. The downturn's happening, it's here, and it, we don't know where it's gonna go from here. What is that step one? It's, it's it, that, oh crap moment. I'll, I'll 
I won't say the other <laughs> word. So, oh crap moment hits. What's step one? Well, um, the best way to think about this, Mark, is there are certain things in the world you can control and you are gonna wanna focus on those things you can control. And there are many things you cannot. And accepting the things you cannot control is what's key here. And one of my favorite phrases around that is, it is what it is. So the stock market is what it is. The buying behavior of our prospects and customers is what it is. I can't control those things. I just have to accept them. I have to face reality about that environment. Now, once I do that, I can choose the places as a CEO where I want to focus on for myself and for the business where I can make change happen. And so that's the first step. Just accept what's happening and then say, I'm going to focus now on the things where I can make change happen. If I hear you right and tell me if I'm on track, it sounds like part of that is also taking a step back and not just going full blaze. Like, oh my God, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to do, it sounds like you have to basically step back and breathe a minute. I mean, would that be correct? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you said that. One of the things that I advise all of my CEOs is to learn how to meditate specifically, Mark, for that example, where if we're in a panic state, if we're in a highly worried state, if we're in a place where we're not getting enough sleep because we're really concerned about, oh my God, I'm gonna have to do layoffs or whatever the case may be, you are not achieving and performing at the level you can. So yes, stepping back, taking a deep breath, literally taking a deep, mm -hmm. slow breath, which lowers your blood pressure and helps you think more clearly to say, okay, I've dealt with difficulties before. I've solved problems before. That's how I got here as a CEO. I know how to encounter things I've never seen before and address them. Now, how do I take the skills that I have that I bring to the party as a CEO and apply them to this new world that's in front of me? So I'm a problem solver. You know, that's how you become a CEO. And so now you take a deep breath, just like you suggested. Great, great, great idea. I'm not gonna panic. The world isn't gonna end. Yes, it's gonna be more difficult. It's like, it's like I was riding a bike on the flats before. Everything was going along smoothly. The wind was on my back. It was all great. And now there's a big freaking hill in front of me. Mm -hmm. well, I'm not gonna get off the bike and say, okay, well, I'm just not gonna ride the bike anymore. I'm done. No, I'm gonna learn how to ride a pill. It takes a different set of skills, a different mindset. Yes, it's gonna be harder. It may not be as fun for a while, but there's a hill. The reality is there's a hill and I need to deal with it. So someone takes a step back, breathes, and they're in a better state of mind. What's, what's next? What's two? Okay, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm calm at least as I can be. Now what do I do? Okay, you, you, you need a new plan, okay? You had a plan, let's say, three months ago, six months ago, that was working to some extent, but as because the world has changed, you need a different plan. You have to ask yourself, what does it look like in a different environment where either it's harder to raise money or my valuation has gone down or my customers are churning more than they were before. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm gonna need a new plan. And so the first thing to do is to step back and say, what does that plan look like? So first and foremost, I gotta reduce my burn. Okay. I'm not going to be spending the way I was spending. In some cases, these are small trims that you want to do. You want, want to look at the ways you can just cut a few costs. In some other cases, 
you're going to have to do layoffs. And that's painful. But the job of the CEO is to enable the entity to survive and thrive, even though we would like each person to succeed individually. Sometimes you have to let good people go. Now, the, the good part about this is that we're in an environment where good people are going to get hired by somebody else. Okay, you're not, you're, when, you, when you do a layoff in this environment, people are going to be fine. That's an important mindset to have and recognize that, look, for the company, I need to let people go right now, but they're going to get snapped up. It's happening right now as we speak that anybody who's getting laid off is finding other work. So, so I, I, I would encourage CEOs not to worry too much about their employees that they have to let go. Um, but going back to, you got to cut, you're going to have to cut your burn either a little bit or a lot. And that means layoffs. So you have to be bold in making that decision. The second thing is you got to stay on top of your cash. Okay. The number one reason companies fails is, fail is they run out of cash. And I'm often surprised at how many CEOs are not looking at a cash flow forecast on a, at least a weekly basis, if not a daily basis, to understand how much life do we have if our sales fall off a cliff? How long can we be here? What does that really mean to our future? So sorry, Mark, you were going to ask a question. Uh, just uh, in case there's somebody listening, maybe it's, you know, they're a co-founder, a founder. It's not, you know, they don't have 10 employees yet. With what you just said with the plan, is it basically the same thing or does it look different for that solopreneur or the co-founders? Oh, no, it doesn't look different. You, you're going to need a different plan. So uh, I'll give you an example. Um, and, and it's another step here. When, inside your plan, you need to narrow your focus. So very often what companies are doing, whether you're a solopreneur or you're a much larger company, is you have a target market that serves you well. Think of a shape of a target, actually. It's the bullseye, right? But we very often are looking at the next ring outside the bullseye or even a ring outside of that because why? We're looking for more product market fit. We're looking for more markets to enter. We're looking for bigger uh, opportunity. Well, this is not the time to be thinking about how to expand and do uh, too many experiments if you know that your bullseye works. What you wanna do is you wanna narrow your focus. You wanna deeply understand why are customers buying from me and, and what kind of product market fit have I actually created, whether you're, you're offering a service or a product, it doesn't matter. You wanna to go to where you're strongest and double down on that market. And a, a, one other piece related to that is to, I call it going deeper with your existing customers. In other words, I want you to deeply understand really what is the life of your customer like? This doesn't mean understanding how they're using your product even. It's more what is going through their mind because very likely your customers are also looking at the external world and saying, wow, things aren't as good as they were before. And they're thinking about their own changes. How can you serve your customer in a way when you understand by understanding their mindset even better because you can shift the way you speak to them you can shift the way you communicate with them you can shift what you offer to them if you understand the issue that they're really going through and dealing with okay this is getting good now oh, they get a plan whether it's co-founders or layoffs of team members the plans in place they start to take action what's step three what comes after the plan so step three is I'm going to imagine you have a, a certain number of employees uh, in this scenario. 
and it is to become a great communicator. Okay, so you have employees and guess what? Employees only care about one thing, only one thing, and that's themselves. Why? Because they're humans. All of us are the same way. And so if you, it, from the CEO's perspective, let's say you have several hundred employees, each person individually only cares about themselves. They don't really care about the company. You would love them to care about the company, but they don't really care about the company. They're worried, okay? They're thinking, hey, my friends got laid off at their company, or I'm, you know, maybe I'm low on the totem pole here at this company. Maybe I could get laid off, or maybe we're going to be asked to take a salary cut, or maybe my job's going to be completely eliminated and I'm going to have to interview for another job inside the company, they're, or I'm not going to get my bonus. They're focused on themselves and they're worried. So the job of the CEO is to communicate two things. One is you communicate the truth. Hey, we're going to be doing cuts. I don't know what those are going to look like yet, but you need to know we're going to be doing cuts. Um, and I'm going to and the CEO should say, and I'm going to be communicating with you on a regular basis about, I'm talking about all employees, about what that looks like. You can say, I don't think we're going to be doing layoffs, although I can't promise that could change in three months, but I think we're going to be shifting the way we allocate funding inside this company. And we don't even know. It's okay for the CEO to say, right now, I don't exactly know what that looks like, but as the CEO, you need to communicate that. I'm, I promise you, I'm gonna share that with you and we're gonna figure it out quickly. Because this is what employees are thinking. They're thinking about all these potential scenarios where it doesn't work out for them. So you have to tell the truth. The second thing is, as a CEO, it's okay to be worried about the future. It's okay to be concerned about whether or not the company is actually gonna survive. What's not okay is to share that worry and concern with your employees. The hard job of the CEO is, yes, you may feel that way, but you want to demonstrate confidence. You want to share, once again, the vision of this company. Now, the vision may have changed slightly uh, based on what's happening, but you want to continue to share the vision and share the purpose of the company and remind people why we're doing what we're doing and why this is an important place to be and a great place to be working. Because all of that is true, but sometimes CEOs stop sharing that incredibly valuable motivational information with employees during a downturn when it's exactly the wrong time to stop doing that. So it's getting everybody on the same page and admitting you have a problem. Would that be correct interpretation? And, and that I, as the CEO, have figured out what to do. Like I nice. said, I could tell you I'm in the process of figuring out what to do, right? That I don't have to know the answer always, but eventually I have to know the answer. So I want to give my employees confidence that, look, we figured out the plan. Here it is. I'm going to share that with all of you. And this brings us to the last step, which is we have to just go to work now. Okay? <laughs> so simple to say. <laughs> well, you know what? There's, there's, there's a process, let's talk about layoffs for a second. Um, there's a process I've discovered because unfortunately I've been in a position where I've had to lay people off. It's, it's, it's never a fun experience. And there's actually a short period of what I call grieving that happens inside a company when you go through a layoff. So the, even the people who stay, one, they might feel guilty, like, whoa, 
why did Mark get laid off and I didn't go get laid off? What is it? What is, I feel guilty about that. Or I feel terrible that my friend got laid off or I'm worried that I'm gonna be in the next round. There's, there's some grieving that happens. So it's, it's important to acknowledge that people have true deep feelings that occur in a down, downhill slide for a company. And just to be aware of that as the CEO, be aware that people have those feelings, let them speak those feelings, not from a standpoint of being negative about the company, but just it's okay for a short period of time, a week or so to let people grieve. Then, then you're essentially saying, okay, I understand everybody has emotions. I understand we went through a tough time, but we have all these assets in the company and we have a bright future. Now we need to execute against that plan. You know, the plan I just shared with you a week ago. Now I expect everybody to step up because we're in a great place. We have an opportunity to succeed given the new plan we've laid out. And it's critically important that we get back to work. And you're gonna learn which of those employees are ready to be part of the new team going forward mm. and which are not. Yep. That makes so much sense. It's, you're right, it's hard to do. Uh, but if you don't get people rallied around the new plan when you're done, then you're gonna continue to have misalignment and people spending time doing things that are not powerfully uh, aligned with the goals of the company. And it's the, the CEO's job to make sure they are getting the highest level of performance out of everybody in the company. And that's how you do it through that alignment. So uh, we, we've, with the four points, we've covered a lot of ground in a little time and a two-part question in closing. First, for the people with employees, it's hitting the fan they need to do something if, if they do, not, and it could be reiterating what you said, it might be something you haven't mentioned yet, but if you're gonna say, at least do this one thing to get on, just one, do this if you're gonna to listen to nothing else, what would you tell the people with employees? You say, look, you guys are working, you, you people, guys and girls are working here because you're great at what you do. And the purpose, the reason we're here is to achieve this vision. I'm gonna reiterate this vision to you. We're gonna capture that mountaintop. And I want you to be part of this winning team. We have a great opportunity in front of us. Yes, it might take longer than we thought it was gonna take, but we can make this happen. And this is a great journey to be on with me. And I want you to be part of that. Excellent. And then the same question for the founder or co-founder, smaller company entrepreneur. If, you're, if they're going to do one thing, man, got it. You got to start here. So it's the same, Mark, Mark it's the same thing. Okay. You wake up in the morning and you say, look, it's going to take me longer to get there. And, 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 but I'm still committed. If I'm still committed. And so I'm not going to let stuff that's happening in the outside world, slow me down. I know what to do. I know what to do every day. I know how to get up, take care of myself, make sure I'm, I'm healthy make sure I have good relationships and then make sure I can get into the zone when it comes time to work and do my job. One of, okay. So not everybody here on this call is going to be a uh, new England Patriots fan, but one of the things I love about the new England Patriots is they issued every player a t-shirt and the t-shirt says, do your job. 
Now think of the brilliance of that, okay? I can complain that so-and-so is not doing what they're supposed to do. I can complain that my customers aren't buying fast enough. I can complain about a lot of things, but there's no place for complaining here. You developed a new plan, whether you're solo or you're uh, in a large company, and now it's time to do your job. Just go execute. Because guess what? Many of your competitors aren't going to be doing their job. They're gonna be wallowing in their own pity and worried about the future and not executing. You will out-execute them. And that is one of the reasons why the Patriots, I think, have done so well. As they say to every player, just do your job. I don't want to hear anything else. Just get it done. And if you get it done well, you're going to win a Super Bowl. Nice. Thanks for making this time. I appreciate the insights. It was very fun, Mark. Thank you so much. And if people want to find you online, what's the best place to go? So my name is the best way to find it. It's Glenn, G-L-E-N-N-G-O-W. G -O -W, and that's my website, glengow.com. Excellent. Thanks again. I appreciate your time, Glenn. Hey, it was fun. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.